Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about four tips for managing your work-from-home paranoia, shape-shifting pasta that could help save the planet, and how your dog's face affects the way it can make eye contact with you. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you've ever felt yourself getting paranoid about whether your boss is mad at you or whether your coworkers are talking behind your back, you're not alone. As an office worker, there's plenty to be paranoid about. And when you work remotely without the ability to judge body language and facial expressions, that paranoia can get even worse. Luckily, research shows that there are things you can do to cut down on that feeling that everyone else on Zoom is thinking bad things about you. And some of this could help you get through the work week, even if you are going into the office. So let's go through four recommendations from Harvard Business Review. First up, make your expectations clear with your colleagues. It's important to go over your preferred communication style, how you like to make decisions, and what you'll do if there's a conflict before starting on a project. Some people even write out a manual for their best working preferences to help people understand their working hours and how they learn best. Although I recommend making that manual pretty short. If stuff like that becomes part of your office's culture, then reading other people's user manuals could help you cut down on anxiety. And next, don't let FOMO make you attend more meetings than you need to. A lot of remote workers accept every meeting invite they get just so they can observe and appear totally in control. But if you make a habit of that, you're sure to burn out before too long. Instead, think about delegating meeting attendance or sharing notes with colleagues. It'll feel uncomfortable at first, but over time, stepping away will help reduce your fear of ambiguity. You can also work on depersonalizing the actions of others. People high in empathy tend to feel more paranoid than most. That's me. But the next time you take someone's behavior personally, stop before getting too paranoid. Ask yourself what the other person could be going through and try to interpret their behavior as generously as possible. It's most likely not about you. And finally, work on compartmentalization. Turning off after work can be tough when you're working remotely. Believe me, I know. <laughs> But without strong boundaries, it's easy to let work worries take over your personal time. So one strategy to try is imagine leaving your stressful work experiences in the corner of your workspace at night and then picking them back up in the morning. According to psychologists, paranoia is simply a state of fear that happens when you misinterpret an unclear situation. You're hypervigilant when you're paranoid just waiting for your boss to give you some unexpected feedback or tell you you've done something wrong. But if you clear up those unclear situations and try to react more calmly when they arise, you can beat workplace paranoia. If I can do it, you definitely can. When it comes to getting food on the table, packaging and transportation account for about 15% of your meal's carbon footprint. Furniture companies have addressed their own packing problems by selling flat-pack furniture that you assemble at home. Now, a team of researchers at Carnegie Mellon University have done the same for pasta. They've created a flat noodle that morphs into 3D shapes when boiled in water. Because like furniture, pasta comes in all sorts of 3D designs, from spirally fusilli to hollow penne to bendy macaroni. 
The variety of forms serves different functions. Different shapes provide a different mouthfeel and lend themselves to different sauces. All those shapes also require different packaging, and a lot of it is filled with air to prevent the pasta from breaking in transit. To arrive at their breakthrough, scientists at Carnegie Mellon's Morphing Matter Lab didn't start out with noodles on their minds. Flat pack furniture originally inspired the team to explore how two-dimensional structures could transform into 3D shapes. The prototypical pasta is made from standard ingredients, a combination of water and semolina flour. The team found that by stamping grooves into the dough at specific spots, they could give flat pieces of pasta shape-shifting capabilities. Researchers predicted how heat and water would affect the pasta's form after cooking and tweaked the groove pattern to make dents wider, deeper, or more spaced out to change how the dough bent while boiling. The final product morphed into unusual spirals, knots, tubes, and even saddle shapes. There's a video where you can watch it happen in today's show notes. This isn't the first time scientists have created shape-shifting pasta, but it is the easiest method so far. Previous attempts have required 3D printing, while this just uses simple stamping and molding of the dough. Unlike the flat pack furniture that inspired it, the novel noodles assemble in a snap. Just boil in water for seven minutes. The researchers demonstrated how easy their creation is to cook on the go by packing it on a hiking trip and boiling it in stream water over a portable flame. Its minimal storage requirements and easy prep could make it useful in other settings where space is at a premium and conventional appliances aren't available, like at a disaster site or on the International Space Station. There's no word yet on when this groovy grocery item could hit store shelves, but the team's technique seems cheap and easy to replicate. The possibilities are endless. Making eye contact is important for human communication, and as dogs became domesticated, they picked up on that and learned to do it too. This has been pretty useful. Not only does eye contact help us bond with our canine friends, but it also makes it easier to give them commands. But new research suggests that not all dogs make eye contact so effortlessly. In a recent experiment, a research team in Hungary found out that how easily a dog makes eye contact may come down to the shape of its face. The team's trials went a bit like this. An experimenter stood in the center of a room with a dog, while the dog's owner sat at a distance. Each dog participated in several trials, some of which involved the experimenter giving the dog a treat every time they established eye contact. The treats kept coming until the dog made eye contact 15 times, or 300 seconds passed, whichever came first. They found that no matter how adorable, dogs in the experiments did not make eye contact equally. Dogs with shorter faces, like pugs and boxers, had a much easier time looking the experimenter in the eye than medium-faced dogs, like golden retrievers, or long-faced dogs, like greyhounds. You might think that this would come down to genetics. I mean, after all, certain dogs were bred to work with humans, and eye contact is an important part of that. And yeah, previous research has found that visually cooperative breeds, like shepherds, do make eye contact really quickly. This study found that too, but the effect of the breed wasn't as large as the effect of the shape of the face. Long-faced cooperative breeds didn't make eye contact as well as short-faced dogs that weren't bred to help humans. Now, the reason for this, scientists think, 
might have to do with the way light-sensing nerves are arranged on the dog's retina. Dogs with shorter snouts tend to have high concentrations of those neurons toward the center of the retina, while dogs with longer faces have them distributed more evenly. Dogs with shorter snouts have eyes that can focus on objects like a human face much easier than dogs with long faces. It's like natural tunnel vision. In the end, though, all dogs, regardless of face shape or breed, generally got better at making eye contact throughout the trials. So in the end, dogs all have one thing in common, an undying love for treats. All right, let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that there are a few ways you can ease that work from home paranoia. Been there. First, make clear expectations with your colleagues and try not to attend more meetings than you really need to. It's also helpful to try to depersonalize your coworkers' actions and give them the benefit of the doubt if they don't always sound warm and fuzzy. And always, always, always set boundaries so your work does not spill over into your personal time. Do you do these things? I've been getting better about setting boundaries, and I think I'm pretty good at depersonalizing people's messages. Even though they still make me feel bad, like, even if I'm like, this wasn't about me, they were just upset. But still, it's like, hmm, that, that, feels, that feels rotten. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, th this isn't the first time we've talked about work from home tips and psychology on this podcast, but it, I think it's because we need a lot of reminders, like a lot of reminders. It's like Bill Nye told us, you tell somebody something once, sometimes you got to let it kind of roll around in their head and say it again. So, you know, we're not going to shy away from some of this stuff. And I'm hoping that it's helping people. It certainly has helped me at times. I think it's just helpful to acknowledge that work from home paranoia is a thing. I feel like I don't hear people talking enough about that. But but yeah, when you're just all alone at home and other people are doing other stuff where you can't see them, like, yeah, that's going to make your mind go weird places. We have covered research on how social isolation can breed conspiracy theorists. That's right. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't go that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But we also learned that researchers developed flat pack pasta that curls when it's in water just by stamping and molding the dough. No fancy 3D printing needed. And this is the kind of innovation that could help with space travel or providing assistance at disaster sites. Always nice to hear about new tech that could help save the planet and help us explore space and stuff. I mean, I know that it's helping space travel by like giving astronauts something to eat, but I like the idea of making a flying pasta saucer that we send out <laughs> into space. It just it doesn't it doesn't take shape until it reaches outer space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. And we learned that the shape of your dog's face determines how easily it makes eye contact with you. Dogs with shorter faces like pugs and boxers can do it more easily than golden retrievers or greyhounds. So maybe save that staring contest for a dog with a long face. Although, like we said, all of the dogs got better at it over time. So you can train your long faced dog. There you go. Today's writers were Kelsey Donk, Steffi Drucker, and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Why the long face? We won't be gone for long. You can join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. <laughs> <laughs>